Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese. And I'm Laura Brodnick. And LB, we reunite again tonight. We have a screening that we're going to. I'm really feeling it. I'm so excited to see you again. I'm excited to see you again too because it was just maybe too much last time. We were too overcome. It was too weird being out. I like that we're getting a little second go. Maybe this time we'll remember to take a little video for the spillers. Yes, yes, we definitely will. A big conversation is happening right now around Celeste Barber and Emily Ratajkowski after a video that Celeste posted to her Instagram account faced a lot of criticism with people deeming that it had a misogynistic undertone. It really does spark an interesting debate about feminism and one that we're going to try and get to the bottom of today. Wish us luck. But before we do that, we have the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So what's making news today is that Britney Spears has claimed that her mother Lynn was actually the one who planted the idea in her father Jamie's head about putting her under a conservatorship all those years ago. So Britney made this claim in an Instagram post, which she has since deleted. So obviously something has gone on behind the scenes there. But the caption of the post did read, The most dangerous animal in the world is a silent, smiling woman. My dad, Jamie, may have started the conservatorship, but what people don't know is that my mum was the one who gave him the idea. I will never get those years back, she continued in the post. She secretly ruined my life. And yes, I will call her and Lou Taylor out on it. So I'm sure people know that Lou Taylor is the lawyer who's kind of all embroiled up in the Spears family drama and business behind the scenes. So take your whole, I had no idea what's going attitude and go fuck yourself. You know exactly what you did. And my dad is not smart enough to ever think of a conservatorship. So as everyone probably knows, Jamie was officially suspended from Britney's conservatorship after an LA Superior Court judge decided their arrangement had become a toxic environment. And as an extra update, Britney's lawyer has said that her conservatorship could actually end for good after her next scheduled hearing, which is coming up on November 12. So we'll keep you posted on that. Well, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Mariah Carey is thawing. Supermarket (laughs) aisles are filled with festive music and Gwyneth Paltrow and the team at Goop have released their annual gift guide. Okay, I was shocked to realize this morning that Goop has actually been releasing this list for 13 years. What? No. Yes, for 13 years. I mean, we've only been around for three-ish, but it's become somewhat of a tradition for us on The Spill to go through the ridiculousness of the list and then me very predictably coveting many of these items that promise to make you feel like a rich, poor bitch So this year is no different with the group team really leaning into the ridiculousness they've become infamous for, so much so that they have an entire dedicated guide called The Ridiculous But Awesome Guide, all the things you can't believe exist and absolutely have to have. Let's start, shall we? 
All right, let's get in the hort. See what I did there? Seat with a sled, as in for snow, and it's from Chanel for a cool $14,000. I'm not sure that I really want to invest $14,000 in something that's going to be like probably get messed up because I can't really do any snow sports. I don't know about you. Well, we're both from Queensland. We have no business being in snow. But I also feel like none of these group women are sledding, right? That's just something you carry around to like do a bit chic if you're going to like some fancy ski resort. I need like a $14,000 ski suit. Like at least you can wear it around when you're doing, I don't even know what the name oh, is. Oh, Gwyneth would definitely have that. She's probably having wild sex on a $14,000 Chanel ski sled. Like that's what I come to expect from Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, my God. Not very comfortable. All right. One for the mums out there. Give rich mom energy with the bubblegum gym with gold-plated details and lacquered wood. So essentially, this is a kid's jungle gym that has a velvet swing, monkey bars, and a slide. You're not going to believe how much this is. For kids, right? This is for oh, kids. Oh, okay. I was like, what weird shit are we yeah, getting no, into No, it's here? not a kinky sex dungeon thing. It is for kids. So that retails for $50,000. I know people love their kids, but I'm not really sure I want to be spending that much money on something that there's going to... I think if you're in this know. level of wealth, that would sound like kind of just a bit of pocket change. And also, I feel like this is something, if you're channeling rich mum energy, which I feel like we all should be, that's going to be my new persona just going forward. If you're buying something like this, it's so you can post it on Instagram and look super chic. Like it's an investment in your personal brand. It's nothing to do with your little kids. All right. So this one I was... Okay. I really want to include the link, obviously, to this so people can go and have a look. But this one is so weird. So whatever floats your glass bottom boat. So it's something called a floating eco-lux suite price upon request, which just says that it's obviously out of this world expensive. And it basically looks like a spaceship has landed in the water, but it's actually a boat, like the top of it pops off and it's like a chic upper level kind of area to tan. And then below, it's like a boat underneath with a clear glass bottom. And they basically say that it's an adventurous alcove where travelers can live authentic and surprising experiences through island and terrestrial possibilities. <laughs> she offers a vision of the beauty of the world's underwater in the heart of a calm and intact bubble. Do these people know what aliens are? I feel like they don't. It's like, it's not enough to be a rich person with a boat anymore. You have to be a rich person with a spaceship boat. Unless that boat's actually going to space, like unless Elon Musk has tinkered with it. I just don't think you can claim that. That's just putting some extra info on this boat to make it sound really sexy and science fiction-y when it's just a fancy little holiday spot, right? You own them. It's essentially a boat. It's just in the shape of a That's spaceship. That's what I mean. It's a boat. That's, That's like a I'm child saying. getting a bed in the shape of a race car. It's not an actual race car if anything it's like a fancy pontoon that they're trying to like <laughs> remarket like they're trying to sell us a dream that no one asked for okay can we get to this one because i think it's really funny because especially because this fruit is currently in season and very cheap at the moment it's called omakase berry and it's essentially a type of strawberry they say it's exceptionally sweet cultivated in a first of its kind vertical farm tended by bees and ai robots do you want to know how much 11 of these berries are going to say, and they're not the large berries, they're just your stock standard berries are going to set you back for. Any guesses? Oh, God, probably more than I'm going to make working this week. What is it? $67 for 11 berries. I tell oh, you what, I, I just mean- went to Harris Farm yesterday, $2.99. I think I got 15. It's not the worst. Are these berries going to like change my life? Maybe. No. No, they're, they're not. not going to. I think I got gooped. I believed it. I believe the hype. Yeah. There you go. 
Well, that's it from me. We're going to link the full list so that you can get your ridiculousness on and hop into the Facebook group if there's anything I missed that you felt was particularly ridiculous. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. So right now there is a big conversation happening around Celeste Barber and Emily Ratajkowski. So comedian and author Celeste Barber is well known for doing parody images and videos of famous women taken from their Instagram accounts and recreating the content in a really humorous way. But this week, a video she posted of model and actress Emily Ratajkowski just hit a little differently. So in this post, Celeste recreated a video of Emily in a bikini leaning against a wall and posing during a photo shoot. So that's all pretty stock standard for content we see around Emily from all the campaigns she does. But it was the caption that some people took issue with and the caption read, We are sick of you objectifying our bodies. Also, here's my ass." So the post has now been called out by many different people and it's been covered across many different media outlets, both here in Australia and internationally. And people are calling it misogynistic and also saying that they feel in some ways it aligns with rape culture or more so just that idea that someone deserves a certain type of treatment because of the way they dress and present. So obviously this is a really complicated issue and a lot of people have very strong stances on it from either side, which is why Keen and I wanted to talk about it today. And I feel like we've had not this specific conversation, but we've had a conversation around Emily Ratajkowski before and still not gotten to a resolution about why her brand of feminism makes us feel uncomfortable. And I think the situation here is that Celeste Barber is very much doing what she always does in taking the piss of the ridiculousness of Instagram just to kind of bring a bit of light to our everyday lives. But because it's linked to Emily Ratajkowski, who's definitely having such a moment with her kind of feminist plight and talking about really serious topics, but also remaining very sexy at the same time, it's just kind of caused this whirlwind of a media storm. And I think what you said there about the fact that it is Emrata, because we have had so many conversations around her before, there is something just about the way she presents and also the activism that she does and the way she writes and speaks that have always been almost at odds with each other. And it's something that people are trying to reckon with as we move into this kind of new wave of women in the media. But I think what kind of is the issue here is that if this had just been a model that maybe people didn't know, it had been a more obscure campaign, people probably wouldn't have picked up on the way they have. But I think the crux of this is knowing Emrata's backstory, especially so much of it has been in the media at the moment because she's got a book coming out that talks about just this. But also this year, as we've talked about on the podcast before, Emily accused singer Robin Thicke of repeatedly grouping her on the set of the Blurred Lines video shoot in 2013. She's also spoken in the past quite a bit about being sexually abused on sets as a young woman and feeling that because she was working in the modeling industry and doing lingerie 
reshoots that she couldn't speak up and say anything about it. And she also penned that very widely read personal essay about the objectification of women and her experience of her image being used without her consent in the cut, which I think really opened people's eyes to this kind of different story that was happening behind the scenes. So with all of that information that we know about her personal life and her history, people have now projected that onto the photo, which I also think is a very fair point. And they're saying, here is a woman who is saying, I want to take control of my image and my career and pose in photo shoots or be in music videos when I choose. But that doesn't mean the consequence of that is that I must be objectified and treated badly because of the work I choose to do. On one hand, she's bringing awareness to the dangers and dark sides of the modelling industry, just like in her New York Magazine essay that you referenced, which was titled Buying Myself Back, When Does a Model Own Her Own Image? And she shared her own experience, basically just highlight the situations that models get themselves into and they have like kind of little power to say no over certain things and then years later when they're at the height of their careers like Emily was at this time you know those photographers go on to try and make a quick buck off her images and and that we really understood but then this issue of her brand of feminism comes up time and time again and I think that's why some of us can look at it at this image and understand Celeste's humor and why others can't and Something that I remembered was this week, our boss, Mia Friedman, she shared an article that was written by Phoebe Maltz-Bovey and it was titled Beyond Photogenic Feminism. The model exploitation story works on two registers, liberation and titillation. So she points out that that New York Magazine article that we had talked about, at the same time she's talking about something really seriously, this whole article was illustrated by numerous images of M. Ratajkowski in varying states of undress. So her gorgeousness was very much part of of the story. And I think why we feel a little bit of discomfort with her brand of feminism or why we can never really get to the bottom of why is because she points out this element of pretty privilege that this certain story of abuse or inequality gets a lot of coverage and held up as feminism. But it's not necessarily the experience of the everyday woman, you know, who works the same hours as her male colleague and gets paid in Australia 14.2% less or is passed over for a promotion because her male colleague golfs and she doesn't or a younger, prettier girl is given the job. So I think we're really sympathetic and agree, obviously, with everything that M. Ratajkowski is saying and that experience should not be the norm in the industry that she's working in or really any industry. But I think we feel icky because the foundations of feminism, which is equal rights, this seems so far away from that. And I think us having a little bit of a laugh at Celeste's Instagram story and then taking on a way deeper meaning and kind of snowballing from there really misses the point in the conversation that we need to have about the differences in feminism and what they look like. This is exactly why I think Celeste Post has stirred up this kind of controversy in a way. I think it is a way too much a long bow to draw to say that she was inciting rape culture or anything like that. I, I just don't think that's the conversation. I think that's a completely different conversation. I think what we're talking about here is that there is this complication around someone who is advocating against an industry that she also has chosen to enter to make money off. And I'm not saying one thing should cancel the other out, but I think it is a hard conversation when you have these 
conversations around whose body allows them to have a platform and whose body allows them to have a voice. I think people struggle with the idea that because Emily has that body which has given her a platform and it's completely within her rights to use her body and her platform to make money and build a career. But then when she comes out and says things like, this is a feminist act or it's feminism for me to pose like this and take control of my body, it's a very small strain of feminism that benefits you financially but does not benefit the wider world. So I think the issue here is don't label that as feminism and activism. You can still have those two things and be in that space, but trying to conflate them together, I think, is where the issue comes up. Because the thing is, her posing in a beautiful photo, and she's I'm sure she's very good at her job, and she's a hard worker, and she's gone through a lot in the industry, her posing in a beautiful photo in lingerie, like this image Celeste put up, and her looking conventionally beautiful in this unattainable way that society has deemed, this is the look, this is the type of person we worship. And because of how she looks we'll objectify her but still take her seriously and give her a platform. And her saying by doing that is feminism muddies the water of what everyone else is trying to do. And that's where the issue, I think, comes in. And I think what Celeste Post did is that it just ignited that conversation again in a way where people react to it so strongly because we don't know the answer, because there is no right answer. Obviously, the best answer would be, don't objectify women at all anywhere, but we can't do that because our entire society is built on that and all the media and pop culture content we consume is built on that. So saying don't do it is just something that's not going to happen probably in our lifetime, very sadly. And saying don't have a conversation about it is pushing an issue aside and not letting people work through it in a way that might have change. And I think why this is this complication too is there's this idea that true feminism is women never calling each other out, never having a laugh at each other, always being completely yes. on the same issue, which I think takes all the nuance out of the conversation. I'm sure if you and I got in a room with M. Ryder and Celeste, which I think would just be an interesting conversation, we would agree on all these things. Don't objectify women. Rape culture, very bad. Everyone should have a platform. You should be able to use your body in any way to make money. We would all agree on these things. That's not the conversation. The conversation is then the nuances of how you take that information and use it to build a business. Because we're all here, you and I here, Celeste is in the conversation, Emily, we're all here because this is how we make our living, having these conversations and working in the pop culture medium sphere. So it is a very tangled web. It always comes back to that idea if there were more women with different bodies and different experiences and different backgrounds who are on that same platform as M. Rada is, the conversation would be very different. But her body allows her to be on a platform above everyone else, and that's where the conversation gets a bit muddier. But on saying that, her book is coming out very soon, this week, next week. She's on the press tour for that, and I think that will be even more interesting to hear her thoughts because she is an extremely intelligent woman and I think she writes very eloquently and very smartly about her experiences and the world and yes she is in a place that most women are but I think she also gives a really important perspective that does ignite these conversations so I think two things can be true at once I think that Instagram post can be problematic but it can also be leading to an important conversation. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. While you're listening, haven't done this one in a while, please follow us so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. We love reading them and it means that more new spillers can join our gang of spillerinos. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Maddie Joanno with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. 
Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.